This is Chatterbox, hosted by Queen Dina on WJYN 98.5 Uptown Radio. Welcome back to Chatterbox with Queen Dina. Again, I'm your host, Queen Dina, and I'm here with DJ and Leon. Say hello to everybody, y'all. What's up, gang? Hello, world. Hello. (laughs) So it's a new week. Um, this is a pre-recorded show, so I can't tell you what's happening in my week when this airs. But right now, you know, things are going great. I'm feeling good. I'm so happy to have my guests here today. Um, so we're just going to go down the line. For those of you that can't see, we have three wonderful guests here today. So just introduce yourself, talk a little bit about why you're here, what you're going to talk to us about today, like your business ventures, etc., and then pass it on. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Daquan Green. I am from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I have an athletic wear company. Um, my products are for comfort, uh, exercise, fitness, whatever you like, uh, athletic leisure. And today I'll talk about my business, um, how it came about, the origin, and uh, I guess other fun topics. You gave us like three synonyms. <laughs> you said how it came about, the origin, <laughs> how it started. <laughs> I, I, got, I got caught up. <laughs> Camille. Um, and I'm Camille Young, and I'm one of the editors for a brand called Textured Air, and that is air, like air to a throne, so H-E-I-R. And our goal is to cultivate an online community of black women Our tagline is the metamorphosis of black women. We believe that our growth is just as sacred and just as valid as those of white women or just other people whose stories get told who have more space online. It's valid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, no problem. I will talk, I can be louder for you, don't worry. Um, (laughs) And right now we have a website and we also are on Twitter, Instagram, and we have two podcasts, one that is currently running called Does It Hold Up, and then one that will be airing in November that is about women in hip-hop. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I'm Kafar Myers. Shout out to y'all, too. That's amazing what y'all are doing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So I'm a rap artist, but I'm also focusing on... I do poetry books as well. I have poetry. I have, I've done philanthropy work, like coat drives around my area down in uh, Pennsylvania, Tobiana, Pennsylvania, the Poconos. I'm originally from New Jersey. Raleigh, New Jersey being that, but I'm also here to implement and speak on how to build a community with music and with other artists and, you know, expanding more on just the rap, expanding more and becoming more than just a rap artist. And that's what I'm trying to be. And that's what I'm becoming. Okay. So I love that because I feel like all of you are trying to build the community and really be, um, involved in your community as uh, young black individuals. And so even though you're in complete, not completely different, but very different fields, you know, you're all still trying to get that same group effort that let's give back to my people type vibe. Are you laughing about something? What is so funny? Yo, Leon's logo on his shirt, he just put it white on white so no one can see it. I'm sorry. It's a bad design decision. Wait, wait. Wait a second. I just want to say, me and DJ can't sit next to each other anymore after this episode. Period. No, that's valid. You're going to have to separate. Like, I don't know what's going on. You're over here cackling away at this man white on white shirt. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, so back to y'all, our guests. <laughs> um, 
So, Kafar, you were talking about how you want to um, build the community and you sell poetry books. And don't you have your own brand? It's called Self-Privilege, correct? Yep, oh, right yeah, here. there we yep, go yep, on yep, that. Yep, Self-Privilege. So, so that really means finding purpose within self. You know, so people who hear privilege, you think of something that's given to you. You know, you think of, you don't think of it as, as an independent thing. You think of something more as though the world or someone gave you the opportunity, but I do believe it's a privilege to be true to who you are. That's considered a privilege because not everybody is true to themselves. So self-privilege, I think, resonates with everyone, if not anyone. Okay. I like that a lot. And then I'm gonna go down the, I'm gonna go down the line and then we're gonna get into like a little group chat, little powwow. Um so Camille, you spoke about the metamorph metamorphosis is like your um what is how do I yeah, so I'll defend. It, yeah. Um, yeah, our tagline is metamorphosis of black women. Right. So all of the articles on the site are written by black women about a number of different things. Um, one of my favorites on the on our site right now is written by a woman named Liz. Mm -hmm. And she writes about how playing basketball her whole life actually is what connected her to her femininity. Mm -hmm. And being how being around all those other black women on her team really helped her come into her own. And it's just something not a lot of people would think about. Mm -hmm. So our whole thing is just getting black women together from all different walks of life so that we can see like, oh, we're, I'm going through that too. Or I don't know what that is. I want to try that. Like, it's just cool that we can all be together. And that's kind of what we're doing. So we love partnering with other people, having other people take over our Instagram to speak on things that like the three main editors may not know about. Mm -hmm. It's all about kind of creating that community so that black women are talking together and working together. I love that because it, kind of bounces off what he was saying about self-privilege and being true to yourself exactly. and how, you know, it is a privilege to be true to yourself. And I feel like your site and what you're trying to do is really about helping black women get to that point of like developing that privilege of like, I love who I am. And exactly. I've, and my journey is unique to everyone, but it's also similar to my group my group of women my black women my sisters yeah so we just don't have a lot of that you know like coming of age stories it's like white women are centered there's a lot of stories about like men kind of growing up and coming into their own but black women are often denied from a really young age just the ability to grow to be seen as young girls and to come into something it's kind of like you're a little girl and then all of a sudden the world sees you as a woman um, so we kind of want to bridge that gap and talk about things that are just all the messy kind of crazy things that can happen during that growth I love that. Yeah. Do y'all have any questions for either guest so far? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. DJ, you got anything? Yeah, I always have a question. I think that's super important what you guys are doing just for awareness purposes as well, too, because I feel like there's a lot of trauma and things that just like stem from people that they're not even aware of so i don't know stuff like that's important definitely the conversations we've been able to have just doing the podcast every week with right. two other women just getting that chance to talk it's been so healing especially during all of this so right. thank you so, shout out to y'all um i also want to talk on uh juni global which is the Quan's uh business so this is a new launch kind of you said you've been around for about a year yeah correct yeah about a year. so how is that going because you you gave me a little backstory about how you came about like the name and the logo but like what sparked the idea in total like what what made you say i'm gonna do athletic wear so um similar to camille's story about the woman um i, I played sports growing up since i was probably four years old so I have plenty of stories that I could tell about the friends I made, the accomplishments in my life. Um, 
just about the unity, how it's better me as a person. So um, I definitely wanted to do something that athletes and not just athletes, but athletes could really connect to being an athlete myself. Um, also, my favorite go-to type of clothing is athletic wear. Um, I wear a hoodie, sweatpants. I'm all about comfort. So it was, it was easy for me. Um, Exhibit A. Yeah. <laughs> I actually still own the first pair of sneakers I've ever uh, purchased myself. So um, that was definitely the main key there. And similar to both of the taglines and different things, mine's is be fearless, be yourself. So I definitely believe in um, individuality and how sports can bring that out of you. And I wanted to do that also with my athletic wear. So I try to be pretty trendy. Um, as you said, it's newer. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep it modern. But my uh, designs and different things are definitely going to be pretty trendy. Okay, I like that. I like the trends, trendsetters. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I have a general question for both of you, for all of you. Um, since you're all like business owners and brand developers and everything, how have you had to adapt in this climate of like COVID and like switch up your promo plan, your marketing and like getting people involved with your business? Uh, so for me, I will honestly say it's been great because my shop, uh, junieglobalshop.com is 100% online. So for me, people are on the internet probably 400% more than they were. I can post something almost any time of the day and someone will like it, purchase it. So um, majority of my market is from online business. So it's been very, it's been very great. Kind of saying the same thing, it wasn't super difficult for us to pivot. Um, our, the three main editors, I'm based in Philly, Lyndon, who does, she's a black woman who does, does all of our coding. She's in New York. And then our founder, Mariah, is in LA. So we were already kind of working only on Zoom, really having all of our meetings that way. Um, I will say that it's kind of been a, a bit of a gift. We had time. <laughs> we all just had the time to devote to this. And people are sitting at home scrolling on their social media. So they got to see us. And we were really able to gain the bulk of our community during this time. Um, and just embracing it, we don't really talk too much about it either. We really just want this to be a place where black women can kind of escape and celebrate. Um, so it may, if anything, it made us focus on just like positivity and kind of spreading that more than the, there's so many stories about, you know, black women struggling. That's just, not, that's not, and that's real and that's valid, but it's also, we wanted to just push the good stuff too. Now that's dope, that's a super important resource for people to have. And they I like that you, I feel like it's important like in our community to have like more black business owners, especially for sports, like black people dominate every single sport and you have all these other brands and none of them are black owned. So shout out to you for making that happen. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as for me, my transition was different than theirs because I was, I'm an artist at first at heart. I'm an artist, you know, I think with the COVID and with what's going on in the world right now, it kind of opened my mind. And like she was saying, helped me devote a lot of time to further expand my brand and what I want people to reach. Because if I, my philosophy is if I don't reach you through my music, maybe I could reach you through my poetry. If I don't reach you through my poetry, maybe I could reach you through the clothing. If I don't reach you through the clothing, I could reach you through uh, an audio poem or something. So it's a lot of other things that I'm working on building. Um, around my ecosystem. So I'm, what I'm focusing on is the self-privileged ecosystem, mm -hmm. you know, where I'll be able to have the website, but have my own short films on the website, be able to have 
opportunities for other upcoming artists as well to submit their music and offer them like a grand prize, like a feature with a dope artist or something of that nature. So with the COVID, it definitely helped a lot. And it wasn't a, a hard transition. It just changed my mindset. Like, cause now it's not just putting lyrics on a beat. Now it's really trying to interact and reach the people. And now I got to follow the trend of music. And like he's saying, the trending of clothing and merchandise and colors and what gains people's attention. But it's, I love challenges, so it's definitely fun. And I think that's really important as uh, artists. Like, I feel like a lot of artists get stuck in the performative space, which is important. That is your art. But, you know, you can build an entire, like, business around your art. And a lot of artists now are just starting to get into that mode of, like, okay, like, I'm going to have a brand rather than just put out music and songs. Like, I'm going to brand myself. Like, what record labels would do, they would you know, take somebody and be like, okay, we're going to build this entire thing around you with the merch and the, you know, you have your own logo or your own tag sign or whatever. And artists are starting to do that for themselves, which is really important and a, a great way for them to like have longevity. Because now if you decided to stop making music, you still have your poetry, you still have your clothing. You know, if you started your short films, you still have other streams of income to uh, develop and like bring in money for the rest of your life pretty much yeah that's what it's all about yeah it, it really is uh, people need to get on that wave of multiple streams of income that's super important um i'm don't don't pass that on yet um because uh, we talked a little bit about the Quans coming up and how he got into athletic world but i want to talk about how you got in to music so you started with poetry correct yeah started with poetry back in like eighth eighth grade you know because i was one of them kids i was popular but i wasn't understood like my way my way of thinking i was looking i was listening to tupac and all that in like eighth grade seventh grade mary j blige and all that so i was living their experience through their music so certain situations i understood at a young age that people my age couldn't understand. So like, yo, why are you thinking like that? Or why are you moving like that? It's because this is what I'm hearing. And, you know, I don't want to experience what they experience, you know? So I feel like the music made me wise beyond my years to sim to simplify that. Okay. And then from that, you when, when did you say, okay, music though? Like, when did you move away from just putting out poetry and like your poetry books and like that, I'm going to be a hip hop artist. Like, this yeah. is what I want to do. So, because I really... This is going to be funny, but I wanted to be a basketball player <laughs> growing up. I definitely thought I was going to the NBA. But then I realized, you know, I ain't, I ain't too tall. I ain't as big as these other guys, which anybody hearing, don't let that be an, a, an excuse. But, you know. <laughs> Message that, to the kids. <laughs> yeah, don't let that be an excuse. But for me personally, and then I realized music around that time, I think that's when Chief Keef came out. So I seen a lot of kids trying to be like Chief Keef and follow that movement. So I wanted to do something that had a bigger influence. I feel like athletes do have a big influence, but I feel like artists right now is what everybody's trying to be like. So I wanted to further expand my influence that I could possibly have on the world by doing music. I like that. And I I wanna touch a little bit about what you said before, cause you said something about how when you were younger, people that you listen to influenced your mindset. Right. And that is so important cause a lot of people put out music and they're just like, oh, well, you know, it's not about the kids, like they can listen to it, it's whatever, like it's just a song, like it don't mean nothing, but it's just like, no, kids are 
listening to it and resonating with it and like right. taking it home with them. Right. So it is important what you're putting out into the world. You just can't put anything and say anything because it does shape people's mindsets. Right. And so I think that I, I like I, I just liked what you said about Tupac and Mary J because those yeah. Yeah, those are the. <laughs> I I grew up listening to Nas all the time, so I was like, I thought I was like the smartest dude ever. <laughs> Seriously, um, so I feel you on that. Like being like the same age as everybody, and kind of being like, why are y'all like this? <laughs> but shout out Chief Keith, he's the man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I also listen to a lot of Nas oh, wow. and Little Wayne heavy, but Little I was. Wayne. I was driving my little cousins the other day, and my cousins in second grade look back. She's singing WAP. I'm like, yo, like these kids really do listen to everything, and they really pay attention. So I'm happy that you're conscious of that. Yeah, I think with music right now as well, it's more so with the melody. You know, it's more so with the melody and with the image right now. Back then, I think music was more based off just lyrics, individual lyricism. Now it's more the gim not the gimmicks more of the branding behind the artist, more of the branding behind the song and the visuals, you know, because back then I think it was more easier to have an influence on kids because they wasn't looking for, you know, Niles was wearing boots and, you know, he was wearing, it was looked cool, it looked fly, right. but it wasn't super thuggish, ruggish. You know, everybody back then was more individual as an artist from like Busta Rhymes, from Ludacris. They wasn't, they're, no one sounded like no one, no one was the same. They tried their best to stick out. So I think the music world has, there's definitely people that stick out on their own, but it's for, in terms of the mainstream right now, there's a lot of artists trying to sound like other artists are just trying to keep afloat by doing what's in right now. But back then it wasn't like that. You know, that is so real. Like listening to like those pop radio stations now, Everybody sounds the same, like the BB Rexa and the the four other girls that sound exactly the same, and, like, and they all sound the same. They all look the same, and and, it's, and all their names in the doll. Yeah, all their names are have like weird symbols in them and everything, and it's it's kind of annoying. Like I don't listen to pop music at all because like all of it is just the same exact thing like if i hear that uh, that kind of like i'm <laughs> what is that that yodel like whisper singing anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna jump off a bridge <laughs> i do want to say i like where you're headed with your music because i do feel like people are uh starting to drift away from the trap the trap thing i think that people are starting to get tired of it you know same drum, same pattern, da 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 da. Uh, so I like where you headed. I actually Thank think you. that music is kind of gonna like shift to where I you agree. at. I agree. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with somebody with that the other day. I definitely agree that um, the the music landscape and direction is definitely changing for more conscious music. Yeah, there's there's too many industry plants right now. The computer is making a lot of people's music for them. They're not making it anymore. Also, people want to hear something real now. Like, people are tired of listening to people talk about, like, the whole industry is really fake it till you make it, and people are tired of it. People exposing Instagram, everything. People are just tired of people doing things for the gram or, like, whatever. All right. Break time. We're going to talk to Camille when we get back um, because we want to hear her come up story as well. All right. <laughs> 
Hi, this is Linda Richardson, president of the Uptown Entertainment and Development Corporation. The Uptown Entertainment and Development Corporation is a nonprofit tax exempt organization and is the owner of the historic Uptown Theater and WJYN 98.5 FM. The restoration of the Uptown Theater into a multimedia tech center needs your help. We are requesting donations to restore the Uptown Theater to preserve R&B history and renovate the theater into a performing arts venue. For more information, call 215-236-1878 or visit philadelphiauptowntheater.org and make an online donation. Welcome back to Chatterbox with Queen Dina. We are still here with my co-host from Thursday Night Groove, DJ, DJ, and Leon. I'm Queen Dina, your host, and we are still here with Kafar Myers, Camille Young, and Daquan Green. Green. My God. (laughs) No, we're not. No, we're going to keep going. So. (laughs) Camille, before we left, we were talking about how people got their start and where they are now. Um, You started out, you're an actor, actually. Yes, I am. So (laughs) I want to talk about your acting journey and what that space is looking like right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's get into that. And then um, after that, we can talk a little bit about how you got involved with Texture Dance. Totally. All right. Um, So yeah, like you said, I come from a theater background. It's basically what I was doing my whole life. I thought I was always going to do journalism. I was very prepared. Like I was always said, when I'm 18, I'll be done doing this theater thing I've been doing forever and focusing on that. And then when it came time to do that, I could not let it go. Um, so I went to Temple University for musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was doing before all of everything stopped. I was acting professionally in theater mostly and auditioning and going up to New York on the weekends and auditioning for Broadway, which is closed indefinitely right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so about a year ago when everything was still going on, Mariah Woods, who is our founder, who I met at Temple, also studying theater, she's originally from Chicago. She had reached out to a bunch of us, a bunch of black women from Temple, and I guess in her like life at Chicago as well, and asked, she said, I wanna start this thing. I want to create an online community for black women you guys are all great writers. You guys all have the point of view. Um, and then me, Lyndon, and Mariah are kind of the three that stuck. <laughs> and this is it's fine. A lot of the women we reached out before are collaborators. They do guest articles. They pop up in like panels that we do. Um, and we kind of just got to work in all of our different corners of the country, just writing things and putting things out. And Lyndon was working on that code. I don't know anything about the coding. Whenever we talk about coding in meetings, it's typically when I go <laughs> get a snack. Because uh, it's not what I do. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's really just been a labor of love and just deciding we're going to meet and we're going to really do this. Um, I will admit, I am not the most motivated person. I have my like bouts of depression and stuff that make it kind of hard to get going. But I had seen Mariah in school kind of, you know, move from Chicago, come to Philadelphia, and just like, when she was in our major, really just did anything that came to her mind. So I really trusted her, and she's a great force of motivation and keeping us all up and going during this. So that's kind of how we got started. I love that. So you found your own little community, your own little niche that kind of motivates you to 
you know, do something that you love and that you care about. Definitely. And in the theater world, having a community of Black people is so important. Um, theater can really seem like a, like a very progressive art form, but in the grand scheme of time, it's still generally new and there's still a lot that has to go on. And it can be a pretty soul-crushing <laughs> environment for a Black person, specifically a Black woman. So like, the community was just essential. It was already there. We were like, let's branch this out so we can just have more Black women be a part of this. Uh, so I, I want to touch a little bit back on your theater experience. Totally. Um, I was a musical theater baby. I yes. love it. Um, my mom put us in everything. I have like tons of headshots and disgustingness. And it's a, I mean, it's a good thing for kids to keep busy. If I ever have children, I will totally, if they want to, let them do it because it really teaches you a lot. It does. It teaches you a lot. It teaches you discipline. It yep. does help <laughs> with your memory. It does all of that. Yeah. And um, I, like you said, it can be like a soul crushing experience because, you know, you're going on these auditions, you're putting your all into everything. Yep. Like I recently stopped doing theater, like maybe two years ago. And it's like, you go in there and you're just like, I destroyed that. Like mm -hmm. I'm getting this part, at least a callback. Does it, and nobody, you hear yep, nothing. It could have nothing to do with what happened in the room. Sometimes I'm too short. Like, you know, <laughs> that's really what it is. And that that's can crazy. suck. It's like, I got on a bus and traveled to New York and I've been waiting here all day and I'm just too short. And that's the, and that's the thing of it. Um, so yeah, it can be tough. It's just like any other art form where white people can kind of just <laughs> kind of go through it boundlessly without running into too many issues. Um, and for black people, it's just really, really difficult. It's a matter of not being seen fully in the room. It's going into rooms and hearing things like, can you be more sassy? Can you be more, there's just not space for us to be ourselves, which is probably all of us coming from that background while we felt like we desperately need space where we can just be and not have anyone kind of judging it or saying whether or not having white people behind the table tell you whether or not you're authentic enough, like you're black enough. Like, that's crazy. You're not urban enough. I love that term. <laughs> and it's like, urban. this is just what I am. I don't know what to tell you. I can sing the song if that's what you want me to do. That's what I'm here to do today. Um, so yeah, there's a need for it. There's a want for it. And it's like, when you put a bunch of us in a room and give us the opportunity to really make the art we want to make, it is astounding result. I mean, we all know like what black people are capable of. And so... I hope that it come, when it comes back, theater is different because people have really been calling it out and saying, you know, it's not going to work like this anymore, especially here in Philadelphia, because there was a problem. So <laughs> it's, it's, I think this time has been necessary. We need this little, this little break, and I hope it comes back changed. I love that. I was about to say, I agree. We needed this time before to stand back and, like, look at everything from you know outside perspective because i feel the same way about like the music industry and uh because we dj and Definitely. it's the same exact thing in philly like a lot of times so me and dj are a duo right we did a couple places where like you know i'm djing and everything is going well and he's djing spinning like the same type of music as me and they're coming up to him like no more ratchet music, like no more whatever. And then I go on and I'm just, I continue doing exactly what we was just doing. And there's nothing, there's no problem. You know, I can't call it on that one, you know? Yeah. You know, that's why I commented earlier and commended you, you know, for having in a majority black community, we need more black owners. It's crazy. I can't tell you how many white DJs 
in the city who I've given all the same hip hop music that we all listen to. Like I said, they played in the clubs. It's not a problem. But once a black person plays the music, it's a problem. So it's like, you mean to tell me that when I play my own music, it's a problem, but a white person can play the music and it's not a problem. So it's just, it needs to end. It needs to end now. And same, I feel like it's the same thing with COVID. Like it's something that instead of trying to conquer and to destroy and end it, we're living with it and we lived with it for too long. So exactly. We got to stop living with things. It's not right. Exactly. I will say it's tough right now. Like, to kind of see it all, it feels chaotic, but I would so much rather be on this other side of where it's like truth <laughs> instead of pretending all the time that things were fine. Yeah. I think like this uh, COVID time has really given everybody like not just entrepreneurs and creatives time to like really sit back and think and plan and adjust. It's just shown the world so much where everybody was just like, let's just take this beat. What's happening right now? Mm-hmm. And um, I had said this before and everybody's like, there's just so much happening in the world. Like it's 2020. There's just so much happening. I'm just like, no, it's always been happening. Now we're paying attention. Like that's because the world had to stop. And so hopefully on the other end of this, be it next year or two years from now, you know, we see significant change within our community and then within our society because society is, uh, it's a mess right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you said, not just right now. It's, yeah. It's been a mess. We kind of started as a mess. So we right. start over. And then, okay, but I'm going to talk to Daquan a little bit now. Um, because you actually, in October, this is November now, y'all. In October, you were doing um, some community service. Because we're talking about community and all that. Uh, you were raising money for breast cancer awareness. So can we talk a little bit about that fundraiser and what you have going on right now in November? Yeah, so um, I manufactured a pair of athletic shorts uh, previously. And one day um, a customer asked me for a a pink color, which I no longer had. Um, So when I told him I didn't have it, he, get, he told me a story about his mother who actually passed away from breast cancer. Um, so when he told me the story, I quickly um, connected and empathized with him about that. And that made me want to restock the pair I already had. So then ironically, uh, two weeks, the next two weeks was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So that inspired me to create socks, headbands, um, more shorts. I created a few other uh, pink items. And then um, my mother, she works for Girl Scouts of America. So she ironically had connections with the uh, Susan G. Coleman Philadelphia organization. And I reached out to them, pitched them the idea. They loved it. And I was able to um, fundraise a lot of money, which I was very happy about. And I plan to do it again annually. Um, And now this coming month, I will actually be doing something for Thanksgiving. I usually feed um, feed different people or I'll go to schools and help kids with different things, um, literacy programs and books or um, whatever I could do. Uh, and also I've been donating book bags for people, people going to school. A lot of people are online, but they're in and out. So I've been donating book bags, food, clothing, um, and anything of that nature. I love that. That really is beautiful. And um, shout out to that guy that inspired you to do this Mm -hmm. and bless his mother, wherever she is right now. Um, 
So just to touch a little bit more about your brand, it's called Junie Global. And you said it's because you're a June baby. Correct. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can you talk a little bit about the symbol? You said the rose represents, you were talking about the rose represents. Yeah, so I, I came up with the idea of a rose. Um, and if you look at the top of the rose, it's, it's a it's a little hidden message in there. It has part of the the brand's name, Junie, it's in the rose. So it, it started off as a full rose. It had leaves, a stem. Um, I went through the design hundreds of times in my head and talking to my friends and different people. And then that's when one day, um, my friend, he's a Chicago artist, he actually drew the rose and he came up with the idea for him. I can't draw, so. <laughs> so um, I still actually have the original sketch, which one day I might share, but um, that's how I came up with it. Okay, well, we are almost done for today. Uh, before we go, I wanna do final remarks from everybody. So let's start with my co-host. Today was such a blessing talking to y'all. Shout out to y'all, especially, listen, being black women right now in society, y'all get it the worst out of anybody. So for y'all two to just be entrepreneurs and business owners and you know, examples for y'all community is important. So that's awesome. I really had nothing to say. You caught me off guard, but this was a great episode. Daquan, you're a smart guy, dog. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's final remarks, Daquan. Anything you want to say? Where can people find your website, your handles, all of that? Get in contact with you. Okay, so the website is Juni Global Shop. That's J U N I G L O B A L S H O P, Juni Global Shop.com. You can find us on Instagram at Juni Global, Twitter at Juni Global. I want to say thank you, um, everyone, for watching. Tune in. Thank you to the co-host, the host, my co-panelists. Is that the word? I, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> it was nice to meet everybody. I'm sure we'll see each other again. And it, it definitely was a good time. I had fun. Um, I just want to say that if you are out there and you are wondering whether your idea is good enough or if you should go out and do something, uh, definitely just go out and do it. Uh, these words like entrepreneur and business owner are not words that I thought would ever apply to me. Um, and now that's really kind of what I, how I spend my days. Uh, so just have faith in yourself. Don't listen to that imposter syndrome because there are real imposters out here. So <laughs> black people just go out there and do, just do whatever it is that you were feeling like you want to do. Um, and I would just say to follow Textured Air on Twitter and Instagram, that's Textured H-E-I-R. And visit our website, read our articles. If you have something on your mind, you're a black woman that you want to get out there, reach out to us because we're always looking for collaborators and editors. I want to say thank you. Thank you all for having me. Amazing what you two are doing. Shout out to y'all. That's definitely a beautiful thing to see and it's inspiring to hear, you know. Um, you can find me, Kafar Myers, on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube under Kafar. Myers, K-A-F-A-R-M-Y-E-R-S. I also do have hats, self-privileged hats available on selfprivilege.com. And my message to the world and to everybody that's listening to this is don't focus on the how, because the how is a dream killer. The how is always is what killed the dream. So just learn and go through the process and don't focus too much on the how, because you'll be uninspired to do it. Don't let it stop you. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. That concludes our discussion portion of this evening. Up next, stay tuned on 
you know, the radio, YouTube videos, people. I'm sorry you can't see it, but you can check out clips of it. Kafar Myers will be doing a live set for you. And it's going to be wonderful. I'm very excited to hear it. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Curtain Call, the song Curtain Call is on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and that's also Kafar Myers as well. All right. And we are out.